Welcome to another episode of the Einstein Retirement Daily, where we curate financial news, information, uh, all sorts of fun stuff that uh, we think will help you here at Einstein Retirement Workshops uh, have a successful and enjoyable retirement. Very excited for today's podcast. Uh, we have Michael Drack with us, and we're going to talk about uh, specifically one of his books. And, uh, and so uh, stay tuned for that. As always, if you hear something in today's podcast, although based on the topic, uh, probably, uh, hopefully nothing that causes you to want to make any uh, drastic financial changes. But if you hear something that causes you to want to make some drastic financial changes in your uh, situation, please, of course, as always, confer with the appropriate tax, legal, or investment professional prior to making any of those adjustments. Okay, uh, as I just said, uh, we have Michael uh, Drack here with us. Uh, Michael's been uh, working in the arena of um, uh, uh, financial services for you were you were in that arena for uh, over thirty years, I believe. Mike, is that do I have that number thirty eight? I want to say going on memory. The number, Kyle. Okay, all right. Thirty eight long years. <laughs> okay, so he was uh, in that industry, and then uh, he uh, gave retirement a go with uh, some moderated success. If you're an, uh, a listener of our podcast, you might have uh, watched that episode where I actually reviewed uh, his article and gave you some of my thoughts about uh, what he was sharing in that article on Market Watch. And then um, uh, Mike and I connected, and uh, he's actually written a couple of books. Uh, I've read one of them uh, so far, and it's really, uh, really quite good, and I want to talk to him about that today. Um, Mike uh, is a, a national speaker and uh, retirement coach and works with others who are uh, retirement coaches as well in helping folks avoid some of the mistakes that he made. And Mike, why don't you uh, just uh, talk a little bit about, uh, just to kick us uh, off here, the two book books that you've written, best-selling books, and um, tell us a little bit about why you wrote them. The, the why I wrote them is probably the most interesting part. I felt the need to write them, Kyle, because, uh, you know, the truth is, and I'm embarrassed to to admit this uh, to people, is I failed miserably at retirement, which is surprising. You know, when I look back and I think about it, like you said, I spent 38 years in the financial services industry. And over the course of that time, I helped thousands of people save up for retirement. And on top of that, my wife's an investment advisor. So this is what she does. She helps people save for retirement. And we thought we knew it well. And we knew, you know, you know what we needed to do to have a successful retirement. And uh, I was wrong on many counts when I actually experienced for myself. Because, you know, the focus in the industry and, and the way I was taught was, you know, focus on the money and try to save as much as you can with the understanding that the more money you save for retirement the better that retirement will be and i learned the hard way that no that's that's not right that's not mm -hmm. the case mm -hmm. and uh i always thought that it, you know if you had enough money retire you know tr transitioning to retirement would be easy sure right you know you just fall into a great retirement you don't have to work anymore what's wrong with that but that caused me a lot of problems, too, because retirement uh, transition is, is more complicated than people think. And there's a lot of non-financial challenges you're going to be faced with that I was unaware of. 
-hmm. and that I had to deal with. And that's really the reasoning behind the books. I'm writing a third book to finish it off the trilogy, just warning people to say, hey, you know what? You really have to plan properly for this. It takes a, a fair amount of time. And you really have to dig deep to create a lifestyle that's going to work for you for the next 30 plus years of your life. Mm. You know, right. so it's so important. And I learned so much. And I learned that, you know, probably one of the biggest uh, things was you need something tangible to retire to. You just mm. can't fall into retirement. And you need that source of purpose that, um, you know, you used to get from working. Mm-hmm. Right. That gave you a good reason to get out of bed in the morning. And you need another good reason in retirement to get out of bed in the morning. Or are you going to spend all day there in your pajamas like a lot of people did during the pandemic? So, yeah, I, I learned a lot the hard way. And, you know, the books are my way of warning people and educating them about, hey, these are the things you need to really focus on to have a great retirement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one that I uh, that you uh, encouraged me to uh, really look at in depth was the retirement heaven or hell. Right. And so nice, nice, provocative title. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, you know, I want to just kind of go through, I I jotted some notes down as I was uh, reading it and just some things that stood out to me. And I really encourage people, um, we'll post a a link to it. You can buy it on Amazon. Is that the best way for people to get it, Mike? That's how I Yeah, Amazon's really good. Okay. So uh, Retirement Heaven or Hell, it's really a, a great book uh, for uh, for folks to, um, well, let me, let me, let's talk about this first one. You encourage very early in the book, this idea of having a retirement journal. And, um, and, and that really stood out to me. And the thing that was interesting about the, what's, what comes as you go through the book is that there's all of these reflection questions. And in some ways it's like, you know, especially if you've never journaled before, it's like, I'm right. going to retire and start journaling. Yeah, <laughs> you that, think have you ever had anybody react to that? kind of thing, sure. Yeah. Right. So as anyone, because uh, I know you've done some retirement coaching, how do people normally react when you suggest that they might start journaling? Well, I, I get that funny look from a lot of people. You know, it's okay. funny because women seem to get it a lot better than men do. You know, okay. men kind of look at you and go, what are you talking about? I'm not going to do that. Right. But, you know, over time, they start to buy into it, especially after reading the book, because I said it's a great way to connect to your inner self, your inner voice. There's something inside you that really knows what you need to do to have fun in retirement. And there, there's something inside you that that knows the answer to how you can find purpose, what you will enjoy doing. And we have to reconnect with that. The problem is, is that we disconnect from our true, our authentic selves, like in the, my corporate job, because you're so busy, you're, you know, you're trying to get a promotion, you're trying to make more money, you're trying to keep your job, you're trying to take care of the kids and provide security for them, you're trying to save up money for a retirement. So your focus is on all those things and you're not really focused on what you need to do to be happy. Mm-hmm. So there's a big disconnect. And what we're trying to do is reestablish that connection through this reflection uh, process and really start to say, hey, you know, what do I need to do? What would really make me feel good? Maybe it's not this job I'm doing now, but maybe there's some other type of work that would make me feel good. 
And so with men, I say, don't use words, just draw pictures like little stickmen. <laughs> you could say, you know, you draw a little stickman and say, hey, I like fishing, you know, you know, you put that in the corner and you put down other things that you like. And you go back and you remember things you used to do that that were fun that mm -hmm. you got away from. So you start putting them in the corner. And then all of a sudden you come up with all this great information. You say, okay, how can I design a great lifestyle around that in retirement that I have a lot of fun, uh, you know, living. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah, what yeah. we go through. So, yeah, the first step is, is remembering who you are, what your values are, what your uh, needs are. We all have these basic needs that we need to fulfill or we're, we're not going to be happy. And so we need to reconnect with those and recognize them and say, okay, how can I design a lifestyle so I can satisfy these values and needs? And once you, you figure that out, you're off to the races, right? Mm -hmm. but it mm -hmm. takes some work and, and deep reflection. Yeah. So um, uh, one thing that stood out to me, I don't know if you've ever thought about this or had someone say it to you, but when I was reading about this idea of a retirement journal, I, I was thinking, gosh, you know, I have so many clients who are um, who have children and grandchildren that they want to invest in. And, you know, what a potential great gift, uh, even, you know, once they, you know, leave this uh, earth uh, sure. to uh, to be able to pass pass down some wisdom and uh, share some insights of of their life over the course uh, by by even, you know, intentionally having this journal even be something that uh, could could uh, uh, be given to their family. So I'm glad you brought that up because I was just talking to someone last night about that. Her name's Tina. She's mm -hmm. 92. And I don't know how, but I somehow talked her into writing her, her story, her legacy story. Mm -hmm. She only speaks in Italian. So she oh. wrote, she wrote a book and wrote it. It's oh, wow. pages long. And yeah. now she asked me, could I go find an Italian editor that could take it so she could publish it, which I think is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, and so yeah, she can give a cool. copy to her friends and her grandkids and anyone she wants to. So mm -hmm. I just phoned an editor. I'm, I'm trying to find out who could do that work for her. But yeah, it's a beautiful thing to talk about your stories. But you mm -hmm. see, it's, it's interesting too. Some people can, can write the truth to say, okay, this was my life and not embellish it and just come up with all kinds <laughs> of good things. And yeah, it was wonderful. No, right. no, I love to read this, the, the true stories, the real stories, because right. many right. times they're hard, but people mm -hmm. are resilient and they work through it and they tell you how they did it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, her book would go in the, in the uh, nonfiction category. And you don't <laughs> want your book to go into the fiction category <laughs> about your life story. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I always with things like that, it's always uh, comes to mind for me that the only way that it, you actually bless your family with that is to tell them the truth, to give them, right. you know, actually what it's about. But sometimes the truth hurts. Right. And yeah. it's embarrassing. It's like me saying, hey, guess what? I failed at retirement. Well, people kind of look at me like, like what's that about? Right. Yeah. But it's the truth. And that's right. how people learn from the truth that, that, that you experience. Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So uh, here's another one that uh, kind of goes into the maybe the could could show up in somebody's journal in the embarrassing bucket. 
Um, you know, one of the th other things that you highlighted, again, this is this one's fairly early on as well in the book, is uh, divorce. And that right. one really jumped off the page to me. And the thing that I, I, I tell you, I put in my back pocket and will be ready to bring it out quickly uh, at any time I'm sort of sensing something is this idea that uh, you, you highlighted that there's actually studies that have been done that show that when folks are getting uh, retired, marital satisfaction drops yeah. <laughs> or tends to drop right out quickly. of the gate quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, gosh, I mean, you know, half of the, I, sometimes I feel like half the reason why, uh, some divorces, uh, occur, at least from what I see with clients is, you know, they get up to retirement, they're going through big changes and then they have this surprise of like, gosh, I don't even like this person I'm living with. And this was supposed to be a joyous time in my life. And in some ways, it's it's as much the disappointment of this isn't what I thought it was going to be like as it is the surprise of it. it. That takes them off guard as much as anything else. So I've, I've got that in my back pocket to bring out whenever I hear somebody going, gosh, I don't know about this. Well, just understand this is like extremely common. You're not like experiencing something. Yes, there, and that's the key. You have to understand that you're not the only one going through that and feeling like that. A lot of people do. And one of the, one of the surprising things that really opened my eyes was studies from the pandemic mm. to say when restraints were lifted in different parts of the world, divorce rates spiked because people couldn't, you know, get used to the increased togetherness when they had to isolate together. Mm. They were losing their minds because they weren't used to it. You see, when you're working full time, you're both working. Well, you don't see your, you know, each other for a, a great amount of time and you're busy taking care of the kids and driving them all over the place and whatnot. So you end up on the couch at night and spending a couple hours of quality time watching TV. <laughs> uh, and, and then all of a sudden when you retire, they're there 24 seven, right? right? And the problem is, is that we don't communicate uh, well enough. You know, we're poor at it. And like, you know, me, a guy, I might have my plans for retirement. Oh, yeah, I'm going to golf. I'm going to fish. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I forget about what she wants to do. Mm. You see, and this is wrong because really when you plan for retirement, you have to plan together. And mm -hmm. it's okay to want to do things separately. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, she can do this. I can do that. But it there's some combination in the middle that we do together. Mm -hmm. And you have to respect that from people. You have to say, okay, what do you want to do? What are your plans for retirement? Let's look at mine and let's come up with a master plan for both of us. That's so important. But a lot of people don't do that, right? Mm -hmm. And then what's even worse is I always go to guys because guys are always great examples of making mistakes. Say if you're, you're in a senior position in a company, you're used to managing a lot of people. And all of a sudden you retire and you come home, you start managing your spouse. That's a big mistake. You do have a good comic in the book. Uh, the wife has a, like a rolling pin or a frying That's pan. That's my wife. <laughs> okay. I was giving her some good pointers for a moment and boom. <laughs> but you see, these are things you need to be aware of. And that's why I even put cartoons and make people laugh. And I'm trying to get the point across that. Yeah, these things happen. You got to be aware of them. And what, you know, what's even more problematic is that if you're two different types of retirees, mm -hmm. say you like to, you know, fish and golf and travel, 
and she just wants to hang around the house and be with her friends and, and be close to the grandkids while you're going to be button heads. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are things you need to talk about and come up with solutions that will work for both of you, or you're going to be in trouble. And divorcing late in life will destroy you both emotionally and financially because mm-hmm. it's hard to recover. You don't have that much time left. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it um, one of the things that, uh, as you were talking, I started thinking about, you know, you have the section in the book that talks about uh, sort of reclaiming the adventure uh, right. in your life. Right. And, uh, and, and what hit me just now is, I, when I was uh, pursuing, I'm married, so I, this is this is an important topic to me to make sure that I don't mess this up uh, <laughs> as we go through. Uh, but uh, as I was thinking about it, it's like you know, it was an adventure when I was pursuing my wife and we were dating and all that kind of stuff. And gosh, if if we were to get divorced, you know, it probably would happen again. But in some ways, you know, uh, and you highlight this in the book that with the kids leaving the house transitions in life. I mean, we're not static people. We don't it's not like we don't ever change. And so we do change and we have to rediscover ourselves. We have to rediscover our spouses. And so I kind of had this thought of, gosh, in some ways that would that would be an adventure to like figure out and pursue this new uh this new woman (laughs) as we transition into something like retirement be careful what you wish for kyle (laughs) (laughs) by new i mean the same but but new new the the same the same uh lady but maybe i've uh, lost touch a little bit because of life (laughs) well yeah and, and that's what happens to to a lot of us too is that you know we get so overwhelmed with life that we forget you know you know what really we find joy in and what what's fun for us and uh we have to reconnect and, and i i talk a lot about rediscovering our inner child going back to like when we were kids how happy we were how happy we were to get wake up in the morning jump out of bed and start going on all these adventures and things like that that's what we can do in retirement that's how we have to look at it and and do these things and try them out and don't be scared of failing that things because who cares? We don't have a boss, you know, you know, watching us anymore. And we're scared of failure. No, failure is fun. Right. Failure you learn from. And if, if you don't like it, then try something else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, don't give up. Keep swinging for the fences. You're going to find something you really love to do and keep doing it for mm-hmm. as long as you can. Yeah, great. Yeah, I like that. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I mentioned a minute ago are these self-reflection questions that are throughout the book. And as I would read some of those, I thought, gosh, these are things that you, well, A, if you're not yet retired, probably good to start asking them. Um, But B, um, you know, even it's just something that you would have to kind of go back to. It's not like you can do it one time and you're you're going to be all set. So uh, I'm curious for you personally, Mike, uh, are there any of those self-reflection questions that you put in the book that really made a big difference to you? Most of them did. Oh, okay. (laughs) And uh, well, because they came out of things that I thought about and what I focused on, I said, okay, what about this? What about that? And what I do is every year, and I, I really look forward to this, is I go way, way up north for for 10 days. And and just so people know, uh, Mike, are you're in you're in Canada, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike's in Canada. I uh when he said uh, uh progress, 
uh, I, I didn't know if people would uh, catch the enunciation on oh. the uh, <laughs> progress. There's your uh, Canadian coming out. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so when Mike says up north, uh, he, he means way up north. Way up us, north, us, right us to the end. The end. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, much farther and you fall off. into. That's the, right, that's <laughs> right. And, and what I love about it is, is that nothing works up there. There mm. cell phones don't work. There's no TVs, radios, computers, nothing. So you're in the wilderness and I like to fly fish for salmon. So I fish and I think. And this is where I came up with a lot of these questions and I think about solutions and you can really do that deep thinking because, you know, it's quiet up there. There's nothing distracting you or disturbing you and you can really come up with some real good answers, uh, answers that you want to execute on when you come back to civilization. Right. But that, I need that break, you know, mentally I need it and it really recharges me and I can, I can reset and make sure I'm on the correct path for what I want to do in the years ahead. So no, I, I, I need to do it and I look forward to it every year. Mm, great. But you yes. need a place like that where you can do the deep thinking, right? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I, every time I, uh, try to do, uh, I still have three kids at home. So anytime oh, yeah. I try to do deep thinking at home, uh, Good luck with that. <laughs> it, it better be the middle of the night. If I want to get anywhere. 12 o'clock at night when you're sleeping, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my subconscious does my deep thinking for me. No, but it's true. It's hard when, when you're younger to do it because of all these other demands. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do is get to people three to five years before they retire to say we need to start doing this now because it's going to take some time to do it right mm -hmm. but it's so important yeah the the other thing that i wanted to and then i want to i want to ask you uh about to to talk about uh health and uh you you show a, an arc of health and it's yeah. really impactful uh i really encourage you again uh if you're if if you're finding this conversation with uh mike to be helpful his book uh retirement heaven or hell has a uh we'll, again we'll post a link in the uh, uh description section and uh on amazon is probably the the best place to get it but there's some uh, a lot of funny uh, comics in there, but there's also some good, uh, interesting graphs. And one of them is is this uh, uh, life arc health. You, you show a continuum of, of yeah. health time and, and, and you have two different graphs. I'd like you to. Uh, well, why don't we do that? Why don't you uh, will you talk about that for a minute and what the thought was behind that? OK, when I when I was working in my corporate job, I was so busy, I was stressed out. And, you know, on top of that, you know, trying to take care of the family and you, it was just like, go, go, go. You never really stop until you're exhausted at the end of the day and you, you sacrifice a lot. So I used to work out uh, early in the morning and I, I got too tired to do that. And because you're running around all the time doing all these extra things, you eat poorly too. So it's fast foods most of the time. And it has a drastic negative effect on your health. So you get into this downward kind of pattern spiral where every year you feel a little bit worse. You're a little bit slower. Your energy levels are going down. And that's when the health problems start to creep in, maybe high blood pressure. Maybe you're putting on extra weight like a lot of us do. We gain weight every year going forward. And, you know, you know, some unlucky people might even, you know, suffer from a stroke or a heart attack. 
these are surprises that can impact you because you're not taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I knew I knew I was headed for trouble. And then I read this book and it was a real eye opener for me. It was called Younger Next Year by Chris Crowley. Mm-hmm. And I read it and I was so excited because it said it life doesn't have to be like that. So mm-hmm. instead of getting, you know, less healthy and slower and all this stuff, instead you can get you can improve every year and get younger every year, get healthier every year, get more energetic every year. And you can carry that on for a number of years and then maintain that high level of health for a long time. And then when a decline did happen, it would happen at the very end, maybe in my 90s. So I would have all these extra years of healthy living that would allow me to do all these fun things that I wanted to do with my time. And that really kind of excited me because then I, I realized it's in my control. I control this. It's based on the lifestyle choices that I want to make for myself. So I want to make the right ones, get rid of uh, bad habits that that some of them I had, like eating a lot of potato chips and chicken wings and stuff like that. And what really made me excited was when I read that a lot of these these bad things, this poor health that we were suffering from is reversible through positive lifestyle change. So I might have high blood pressure, but I can correct it, right? And then that excited me and that put me on on the path to, towards good health. So no, I was so happy to see that that book and read it and that's the message i wanted to pass on to others and that's why i've made the crazy decision to sign up for iron man Bell next november in a year's time just to to show hey you know it works provided it works for me <laughs> it's gonna be a real test we'll, we'll yeah. see we'll see uh, at the finish line and find out how uh... <laughs> well if you don't see my third book uh, published by then you know what <laughs> <laughs> okay it's a, it's a good benchmark <laughs> <Like that. laughs> okay cool so um uh, i want to ask you about uh about one one last thing and then um, is there any, um, before, I guess before that, any like big takeaways, um, that you really, uh, that you want, uh, people to know, um, and then I want to ask you about, well, uh, let's, let's do it in this order. I'll ask you this and then I'll prime you to, to think of the, the big takeaway that, that okay. people should, uh, have. So, um, one thing that really hit me as I was uh, reading your book is, uh, that, so many times as we're working, we're earning, we're being uh, productive. And, 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 and it's not that retirement means you stop being productive necessarily. It's just that it's not as obvious, you know, because we have our whole society and, and everything about how we're structured is to uh, acknowledge and reward you for being productive. So right. having a job, earning an income you know, having your income grow over time as you get more experience and as you, uh, you know, have more knowledge. And, uh, and so we start, we have these easy benchmarks for success. And so I'm curious if you have experienced with others or for yourself, other ways that people who have that kind of achievement mindset of, I want to feel that I can see or uh, see or experience achievement, because a lot of it has to do with like, what's my income? 
how big are my financial accounts? You know, they start to view that as their success. And I would say one of the biggest problems that I see from a financial perspective is people have a hard time switching that mindset and actually spending their dollars that they've saved sure. because, you know, part of their benchmark is I want my accounts to be growing. Where on the flip side, you'll ask them also, hey, how much of this do you want to leave to your children and grandchildren? They go, oh, I don't care. Whatever's left over. <laughs> the, the reality is if they don't start actually spending some money, what's going to be left over is way more than what they started no, with. True. It's true. And so and so I guess uh, what have people done to shift or have you seen or counseled people to shift that mindset in terms of what success means or achievement means into other areas of their life? Well, I'll tell you from my, my own personal experience and I've seen this in other people too. Uh, thankfully when, when, you know, I enter, I don't call it retirement because it's anything, but okay, for me, it's a second life. It's a change. So in the first, my first life, I worked hard. I compared myself to others. So in terms of achievement, who drove the bigger car, who had the bigger office, who had the biggest title, who made the most money. That was the benchmarks. That was the benchmarks for everyone. So we're driven for this crazy pursuit of money. And plus we're driven and the financial services conditions people and scares them to say, you gotta save, you gotta save, you gotta save, you gotta save because you might not have enough and you might run out of money in retirement. So we condition people like that. And so these are the beliefs that we accept. They might not be our beliefs and many times they're not, but these are the beliefs we accept because that's part of the status quo, right? And then thankfully, when we do enter the second life, our thinking changes and our beliefs change because our true values start to come to the surface. So we're not so concerned about competing anymore, which is a blessing. Mm. You know, we really don't care like what this other person's doing. We're more focused on what we're doing and our values come up. So we're not, we don't care who has the bigger house and who has the, the fancy car, as long as our car works, we're happy with that. And one of the hardest things I, I struggled with was the pursuit of money. Mm. Because I was always driven to make more, make more, make more. Mm. And then I said, well, geez, I'm financially independent. I don't need to chase after more anymore. And that, that, that was a big turning point for me, but it was hard because it was ingrained in me to do that. Always work for money, always work to make more money. And I'm saying, no, I can work for different reasons now. Mm -hmm. Money is a byproduct of my work, but the main thing is I want to help people. This is why I write retirement books. So mm -hmm. I really feel good when I can help others. So they don't struggle like I did when they transition to retirement. It makes me feel good. And when someone says thanks to me or they write a, they post a note on Amazon about how my book helped them, it makes me feel like a million bucks. You can't mm -hmm. buy that kind of feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing I struggled with was, yeah, spending my retirement savings, right? It was hard at the beginning because, you know, all we're doing is save, save, save. And, you know, and I said, well, once I really understood the numbers and I sat down and figured out what my cost of living was in actual dollars and then determined I had enough to cover that for the rest of my life. 
it really opened my eyes and it was my aha moment. And I said, well, I don't ever have to worry about that anymore. And on top of it, I have a buffer because I'm still generating some, some active income in retirement through presentations and things like that. And that's my fun money. So yeah, now you're starting to see me spend more money and I'm spending it at the right time too, because these are my active years hmm. where I can go out and do a lot of different things. And that's what I intend to do because I don't know how long I'm going to be healthy enough to spend the money. But once you lose your health, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You know, it's not going to do you much good, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a change in thinking. It's a change in beliefs. It's a better way of looking at life. And all that pressure from the ego trying to you know compete with everything is gone, and it's such a blessing. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Uh, did I give you enough time, or maybe you touched on it a little bit? What, uh, what, what, what's, uh, if you were to have somebody, uh, uh, leave our, our discussion together, what's the biggest takeaway that you would hope that they would, uh, take from our conversation? Well, I think it's important, you know, they take away this is that they're in control of their future and they can, they have the power to go sit down and spend the time and create a, a lifestyle that will work for them. Mm -hmm. It's possible. And, it, you know, it just takes some time. But once you have that, that lifestyle plan, you know what you're retiring to, you can have an awful lot of fun in retirement because you're in control of your destiny because you're doing the right things. And you know where the dangers are, you know where the roadblocks are, and you can avoid all these nasty uh, retirement surprises that some people, you know, are impacted with and, and just have a great life. And it, you have to appreciate that this second life is a long life. It could be 30 plus years mm -hmm. and you want to maximize your return on investment from that life by doing all these great things, the things that make you happy. And that's again is satisfying your needs and values, but it's hard to do that when you don't know what your needs and values are. And that's why you have to go through the questions and, and come up with the right answers for you. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Mike uh, Drack's book, Retirement Heaven or Hell, uh, as well as I'll look up the other one too. Obviously, I have the I have the link for that one, but I'll, I'll get retirement victory lap, right? Is that victory lap so, retirement? Yeah. Victory lap retirement. Okay, yeah. so that's uh, we'll link both of those in the uh, description section. Really do encourage people to check them out and uh, and and work the book. I mean, in a, a lot of ways, the book isn't just meant to be read; it's meant to engage with. So I really enjoyed it, Mike, and um, uh, I I uh, I hope uh, others. I know I know others will get uh, great value from it. So. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Mike, uh, uh, for our conversation. And, uh, and thanks, everybody. We will uh, talk to you in a future episode. Thanks, thanks Kyle. Mike. It was fun. Good. Yeah, yeah me too.